Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Once again, welcome to Bethesda Church and welcome to part two of Spellbound. Last week we kicked this series off, a little short series, and we're wrapping this series around a Bible character um, that everyone is familiar with. If you do not know the story, you definitely know the name. We're talking about Jezebel, all right? Uh, Summer at Bethesda, what can I say? Um, Last week was just a great, great uh, start to this series, and um, I'm so excited about this message today. I mentioned to you last week that I wanted to use one week to expose this spirit and then one week to talk about defeating it. And after taking um, so many notes and just study time and preparing for this, um, I wish I had about four or five weeks with you on this one topic. Um, But we don't have that in the schedule. So I want to continue to expose this spirit today I'm going to reiterate some things because it's harder to expose Jezebel than it is to defeat Jezebel. And with that being said, I will end with some tools for you. Last week, um, we titled it Suffering in Silence. And many of us, we, the biggest battles that we face, it's not some battle you can put your hands on. It's really an internal battle. It's a silent battle, a silent frustration. You're going through something, but you can't share it with anyone. And, and, and so the Jezebel spirit wants to push you into that kind of corner um, to where you feel all alone and you're isolated. And I, I got to be honest with you, I've been preaching here now as pastor for over 10 years, and I've never had more feedback on one sermon than last week. Um, between text and Facebook messages and even y'all blowing up my email. Um, but it was really cool to see how God spoke to so many different people through that one message, and I believe that today will be no different. I think part of the reason the message resonated so well with you is is because the church as a whole, all right, as a whole, we, we, we don't want to talk about the devil anymore or demons or spiritual warfare. We, we want to give you three keys to success and seven keys to blessing. And we want to pretend like there are no devils, no demons, no spiritual warfare. And while we go around pretending uh, our families are falling apart, divorce rate continues to climb, our kids are hooked on drugs, and we want to sit around and act like there's not a devil. That's a problem. Uh, we are in a spiritual battle, and, and there is a dark side to the spiritual life. And we have to talk about the dark side of the spiritual life. And as we do that, I I believe that God is going to speak to you and help you overcome uh, this specific spirit in in all areas of your life. We, We know that the devil is highly organized and structured. When he fights against you, he is organized. I don't like giving the devil credit, but he is... Demons don't fight demons. But church people fight church people. Think about that for a minute. He's highly organized. He is structured. And and it's it's so important that we understand that because anything that remains in the dark, we can't get free from. 
And, and a lot of us, man, we, we, we got to grab this because this spirit, this Jezebel spirit, um, there, there are so many spirits in, in the Bible that are mentioned, but usually there is a character that kind of coincides with the spirit. And I have taught you for years about authority. You have authority, right? That if you are a follower of Jesus, you have authority over the devil. You have power over the devil. Uh, we've been given the victory. We've talked about that for years. Uh, and then we talk about Satan and we're talking about a Jezebel spirit. And you're probably thinking, it sounds like you are contradicting yourself. You said we have power and authority and victory, yet we're finally fighting spirits that, that come against us. And we, the way I would explain this is that all throughout Scripture, there are references to light and darkness, all right? Now, follow me for just a second. Light and darkness is not talking about um, going into a room and, and cutting a light switch on. Light always speaks of truth. Darkness always speaks of ignorance. God has called us out of ignorance, out of darkness, into his light, into his truth, the other thing you have to understand is that demons are not in hell. It preaches real well. Get back to hell where you came. But, it, but it's not biblical at all. They are in the second heaven. There are three heavens. The first is, is, the, is where we live. The second is where spiritual warfare takes place. Third heaven is where God uh, dwells. And so demons operate in the second heaven, and God has relegated demons to operate anywhere. He's given them permission to operate anywhere there's darkness. So I'm going to, that was a long way of me getting to this point. Any, any area of my life that remains in darkness is free access for the enemy to hinder me, attack me, stop me, want to bring sickness. In. Any area that, that I remain ignorant. So that's why it's harder to expose this spirit than it is to defeat this spirit. And, and, and a lot of us, I'm, I'm ahead of myself, but can I just preach a little bit? Can, can we just preach? Uh, a lot of us, we've seen too many, we've seen way too many movies. Like we've, we've watched movies to develop theology. Like I, we think of the devil and we think of, you know, somebody's head's going to spin around and green stuff's coming out and blah. You know, the devil, you, you have to know about this about Satan. Demon possession is real, but that's not the method he prefers. The Bible says Satan masquerades himself as an angel of light. He, he flows through deception. He wants you to think it's one thing, but it's really another. Jesus said there would come a day where people would call good evil and evil good. Why? Because the enemy flows through deception. And a lot of us, we, we have some areas of darkness where the enemy has had free access, but we're bringing this spirit into the light because we're going to get free, and we're going to have free, freedom in our home. Come on, somebody. In our, in our health, in our finances, all these areas. Um, a spirit, I want to start with this. A spirit needs you to think like it thinks in order to use you. The Holy Spirit needs you to think like Him in order to use you. I know people who are full of the Holy Spirit. They can speak in tongues, but they have a carnal mind. That's why the Bible spends so much time talking about the mind of Christ, having the mind of the Spirit. 
our mind must be renewed. So you speak in tongues and you prophesy, but you live in defeat. Why? Because you're losing here. The battlefield is the mind. So a spirit needs you to think like it in order to use you. The Holy Spirit needs you to think like him in order to use you. And the same way that works is true with Jezebel. Jezebel needs you to think like she thinks in order to use you. And that's why we spent so much time last week and this week exposing the way Jezebel thinks. Again, we've watched way too many movies, and and we don't have a real concept. I've had to cast demons out before. People do get possessed, but that is not the method Satan prefers, okay? He doesn't just hate you and want you. Satan wants to take you out and everything connected to you. He wants to take a house down, a church down, a city down, a nation down. He, he, the Gadarene, the demon spoke out of the Gadarene man and said, we don't care if you cast us out of the man, just don't make us leave the area. They want territories. They are, in other words, we got some bigger fish to fry. We ain't worried about this one guy. We, we got some bigger activity that we are doing. Jesus said, make sure that the light in you be not darkness. Check that out. Make sure that the stuff in you is not ignorance. Make sure that what you believe is not a lie. And so we, we, we need some revelation. So there is no, he is a Jezebel, and she is, I mean, movies made, books written, and even church people call one another Jezebel. It, it, no person is a Jezebel. You don't, you don't need to say, he's a Jezebel, she's a Jezebel. You need to be thinking, what spirit is controlling or manipulating that person? That, that's the way we need to be thinking. Um, and I have dealt with this spirit in the past, and I always thought that if you remove the person, then you get rid of the spirit, but it goes back to what we just learned. You can remove the person, but the spirit will hang around until the next person gets offended, feels rejection, has unforgiveness, because all of those are access points for that spirit to operate. So it'll leave the person, but just look for the next one in line. And I told you last week that, that rejection is an open door. Part of the plight on David's house was he was not the favored son, he was the leftover son. That reject, you don't think that followed him everywhere he went? That, that I was left out? And, and these, these things that happen to us become, become gates, become doors that the enemy comes in. And all we have to, to do to be used by a spirit is to cooperate with the way that spirit thinks. Now, we have to remember there is a spirit behind the person. Let's go to Revelation 2. This is New Testament. She's an Old Testament figure, but look at this. It says, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. I love how it says she calls herself a prophetess. If you're a prophet, you don't have to tell anybody. That's good preaching. Um, Everybody will know it, Right? She calls herself a prophetess. In other words, Jezebel often hides behind a spiritual mask. Sometimes people being manipulated by this spirit will make you think. Like, I, I remember, I, was expo- I told you last week, I was exposed to this um, my first year of ministry. And I saw this spirit and what it can do, and, and so I hate this spirit. But, but I watched someone being manipulated by this spirit, and I, I've told this story before, but she looked me right in the eyes one time and she said, God shows me things about people. What did I do? 
my God, God, what, what's in me? You know, does she need to cast it out? See, they want to appear super spiritual and hide behind the mask to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality. She did not repent. Instead, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts and I will give to each one of you according to your work. So Jezebel's an Old Testament figure, yet we see her showing up in the New Testament because there is a spirit behind the person. Jezebel was the queen to King Ahab. Ahab was the king, the new king of Israel. The problem is that Ahab is a weak leader. Jezebel is a strong personality. So he, he has the position of authority, but he's not running anything. Jezebel is. She, she's in charge. She's able to manipulate his position because she is a strong personality to get her agenda passed through. And I'll just insert right here. We can recognize this spirit anytime we see a person. It doesn't matter if it's at home, in the workplace, or at church. This spirit is in operation when you see a person who does not have authority yet manipulates to get their agenda done. How many know we see this every day? They don't have any right, they don't have any authority, yet they manipulate, control, deceive to get their agenda accomplished. So Jezebel used her position to undermine all God-ordained authority. Under the leadership of King Ahab and Jezebel, they introduced Baal worship. Um, not only did they introduce Baal worship, they, they controlled the priesthood and the way God did it. Everything God had set up, Jezebel's goal was to undermine all of it and, and do something totally different. That's what this spirit does. It wants to undermine God's authority and God's system. During this time, God raises up a man by the name of Elijah, who we talked about last week, and he's not an ordinary man. This man shows up, he's, he's um, raising dead people, he's parting waters, he's, he's letting them know when it will rain, when it won't rain, he, he's calling fire down out of heaven, he's got this amazing anointing on his life, this amazing presence of God on his life. He's at the height of his ministry. He's not a struggling preacher on the backside of his career. This guy is at the height. He is in the prime of what God had called him to do. And we'll pick up in 1 Kings 19, starting in verse 1. He has just defeated the prophets of Baal. Here's where the story picks up. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. He went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. 
And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. So he arose, he ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. There's so much in this text. I, I want to start back here, though. Jezebel always attacks leadership. Doesn't matter if you're a leader of a home, a business, a church, a, a small group, Jezebel attacks leadership. And the thing you, that I recognized about this spirit over time, and, and specifically as I was studying for this series, is that Jezebel don't want to take you out before you've accomplished anything. Jezebel wants to wait until you've built the family, built the business, built the church, got a name for yourself, have integrity with people, and you got honor with people, got a great reputation, you've done all the right things in private to get to where you are. That's when Jezebel wants to bring you down and make a public spectacle out of you. You have to understand how nasty this spirit is. See, Jezebel wants to drive God's anointed men and women into discouragement, into despair, into depression, to make us feel that we are all by ourselves. Think about Elijah. He, he's raised the dead, parted waters, called fire down. He's the, he's, he told him, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. Now, how many of that man's awesome? Like, don't mess with him. And, and, and so he faces Ahab face-to-face, -face, the prophets of Baal face-to-face, -face, and one threat from one woman turned him suicidal. And all the men said, yeah, if it's the right one. <laughs> right? If it's the right woman, I, I get it. See, this spirit creates a dilemma in our theology because we want to say things like, if you're a true follower of Jesus, you shouldn't have those thoughts. I grew up in the church, if you were depressed, you had a devil. You, you didn't just have one manipulating. You probably possessed, and we needed an exorcism. You're not even following Jesus. I can't believe you're depressed. What Christian's depressed? What, what Christian could have a suicidal fault? So it creates this dilemma in our theology Elijah, an amazing man of God, defeats 850 prophets of Baal and on the next day sits under a tree and begs God to take his life. I would rather die. See, here's what we miss. Anytime we are moving to new territory or into a new place of victory, we have to drive the enemy out. God gave, in the, in the Old Testament, he gave the children of Israel the land, the promised land. But how many know, even in the promised land, new territory meant they had to drive out new enemies. New, there were giants in the land. Even in the promised place, the new territory, they had to drive the enemy out. You don't walk in greater blessing without facing greater pressure. I'm going to preach in a minute, and I may kick this today for real. Because to whom much is given, much is also required. You say, well, Pastor, I just want more money. Do you know how much more management you will need with more money? Oh, oh Pastor, I just want to do what you do. It looks easy. You don't know the pressure that comes with what I do. 
Well, I'm tired of clocking in and clocking out. I want to be the manager at work. Do you know that managers come in and stay late and they, they don't get paid overtime? Come on, every new place, somebody needs to help me. Somebody say amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Every new place, there's every, every new season, greater blessing means greater pressure. When you move to new places, there are new pressures. For Elijah, there was one pressure, one level of pressure, when he is feeding the widow. There's another level of pressure when he's waiting on a raven to bring his food. There's another level of pressure to raise a dead child. That's pressure. But now he has confronted a territorial spirit that wanted to take down an entire nation. And it is a whole new level of pressure. He faced the prophets of Baal. He faced Ahab, but one threat from Jezebel. You have to understand, Jezebel was not chasing him with a knife. This was a message. This was words. That one, that, 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 this, this threat, this threat, Calls him to run for his life. She's not trying to kill him physically. She just sends a threat his way, and now he is suicide. Jezebel, this spirit makes you want to run. Run from your family. The pressure's too great. I'm just getting out of this, man. Oh, y'all crazy. I'm out. Some of y'all said that yesterday. Oh, y'all crazy. Run from your calling. Run from your ministry. Run from the thing God put you on the earth to do. This spirit makes you want to run. This spirit also will push you into isolation and depression. The Bible is very specific. It says Elijah left his servant behind. He's like, I don't even want you with me. I'm not even going to invite you to my pity party. I'm going to go have it by myself. And he leaves his servant behind. He continues his journey. And he stops under a broom tree. And he's saying, God, just kill me. Isn't it amazing, though, that when we have strength, we can believe God, but when we're tired, we can't? See, when this spirit remains in the dark against your life, it will wear you out. Fatigue sets in. It, 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 it zaps your energy. It, it wants to make you tired. And, and I talk to people, everybody I talk to, how are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm just tired. How you been? Oh, worn out. I get it. I know you're tired. I know you're worn out. But you have to understand Satan's objective is to wear the saints out. He wants to wear us out, to wear us down. This spirit wants to leave you in isolation, depression, and it will often work through your fatigue. Elijah is tired. He's gone through a lot. And he's, he's raising the dead, parting waters, doing all this stuff. But one word from one woman sends him into a suicidal depression. See, when, when you are tired, what happens is, is you think things are dead that are still alive. See, when you're tired, you think the marriage is over, but it's really not over. It's still alive. When you're tired, you, you think things are dead, and I'm going to say it to you another way. When you're tired, you think everything is stacked against you. You don't have proper perspective 
I, I, a few weeks ago, and I'll just be trans. I was having one of my pity parties, and Karen said, get out of here and go get some rest. I mean, every now and then you need somebody in your life that can say, you're just tired because you're speaking all kinds of stupidity, right? Like, you're just, just shut up and go get a nap. Go, whatever it is you need, you're irritable. Like, you're, everything, you're speaking dead. Go get yourself some rest. Come on. Everybody, every man needs a woman like that. Just say, get out of here, get some rest. And when you come back, talk the right way. Say, so go get some rest. I was tired and speaking all kinds of dumb stuff. And a lot of us, we, we, we think of all the negative. We, we see everything is dead. But I want to ask you, are you saved? Are you a child of God? Do you know that God still loves you? Do your kids still love you? I mean, you've got some things going for you. Did you wake up today? Did you eat some breakfast? Did you grab some coffee on your way in? Come on, son, you've got something. But when you're tired, when you're tired... Life stinks. I hate everybody. Why does it feel like we always lose? Sign me up. We want to hang out with you, right? You wonder why nobody, nobody goes to pity parties. I told you last week, we go to birthday parties, graduation parties. Come on, any kind of party like that, I'm coming. Pity party, you're by yourself. Nobody comes. So I want to say, uh, here's a word for somebody. Don't be blinded by your weariness. Don't be blinded by it. Get some true perspective on it. Elijah has listened to God his whole life, but gets tired and starts listening to the enemy. And, and the scripture is so clear. It says, when Elijah saw her words. Her words painted a picture on the canvas of his mind. Like, he, he saw the words. It, it, it formed a picture for him. It created a, a future he did not want in his mind. I wonder how many of us have messed up a season of our life because we got tired and we, we listened to the enemy and the enemy's voice created a picture on the canvas of our mind that we are now living out. Because when you get tired, you listen to the wrong voices you got to see yourself blessed. you got to see that marriage healed. you got to see that ministry going forth. you got to see it here before you're going to see it out there. Your mind has amazing potential. It really does. Your mind has amazing potential. And your spiritual life is connected to the health of your mind. You can speak in tongues and still be carnal. you got to get your mind right. If you ever experience tangible blessing that you can see, it's because you received that blessing in your mind first. I want to say it like this. If you want to break poverty off of you and off of your family, you'll have to break poverty in your mind. Listen, that blessing will show up in your mind before it hits your bank account. This kind of preaching we're not sure about, but we, we need this kind of preaching. What good is it to give somebody with a poverty mindset a million dollars? If they still have a poverty mindset, they're going to be bumming 20 bucks off you tomorrow because they've already spent the million. Come on, somebody. you got to have, you got to have the right mind. God may have plans to bless you, but if you don't re renew your mind, you won't be able to handle the blessing. 
Elijah's thrown in, into this depression because he, he is now living under a threat. When, when you feel like your family's being attacked, your money's being attacked, your health's being, when you, you're in one of those seasons when everything is coming against you, how many know that's not the time for religious prayers? Like some prayer that somebody was, oh, that's just so pretty. I'm telling you, sometimes it's, God, if you don't show up, I'm going to lose my mind. God, I need some help down here. God, I have no clue what to pray anymore. Would you please just show up? I can't take much more of this sin. I'm telling you, when you get to that place, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit will show up because you're desperate. Oh, God, we just thank you for this wonderful day. Your life's falling apart, and you're just rambling some religious prayer that won't, won't move you. It don't move you, so it's definitely not going to move God. You, you got it. You got it. There are times when it's just help, God. And, and I, I want to encourage you right here because when you get to that kind of place, sometimes all you can do is stand on what you know and wait on God to send your angel. Because here is what you, you got to grab this God will always balance the books. And what I mean by that, some of you have gone through a horrible season. It's been rough on your marriage, your money, your kids, your, your, your health. You've been walking through junk day after day, month after month, and some of you even year after year. But I got up this morning to come by Bethesda to let somebody know that God is about to balance the books and everything. Listen to me. Everything that the enemy has stolen, he's going to bring it back. We're going to dress Satan up in a UPS uniform, and he's going to bring my blessing back. And he's not just going to bring that one back. He's going to bring seven times that. That's what the Bible says. Some of us need to get ready for God to balance some things. Because you feel like you've been losing. You feel like, where is God in all this? He's about to balance the books. Let me show you this. God sent an angel to feed Elijah two meals. We read it. He got two meals. Shows up, feeds him one meal, and I, I believe with all my heart, the first meal was to heal him from what he had just walked through. But he gave him a second meal. And I believe the second meal wasn't about a healing. The second meal was the angel saying, all right, healed you from what you've came through. Now I want you to know your life's not over. It's in transition. See, depression always wants to come in in a season of transition. Elijah is about to move from Elijah the man to Elijah the mentor. He's about to move from just prophesying to nations to mentoring Elisha. And he spends the next part of his life pouring in to another person that did double what he did. See, sometimes we think life is over, but life's not over. It's just that chapter's over. And some of you all ought to be thankful that that chapter's over. You ought to just turn the page and have your coffee and wave to it. Because that chapter was difficult. Say goodbye to that chapter. In the next meal, though, this is, I, I, this is so awesome. In the next meal, the Bible says that Elijah ran in the strength of that meal for 40 days. That must have been some mean fried chicken right there. 
That was a bucket of chicken, wasn't it? He, he, went, in, he went on that meal for 40 days, in the, in the strength of that meal, for 40 days. Got a meal to be healed and a meal to prepare for what's next. Now, I got to wrap this up today. We're going to finish with, with Jezebel here and how to overcome her. But Jezebel, the name, literally means without cohabitation. This simply means that she refuses to live together or cohabit with anyone. Jezebel will not dwell with anyone unless she can control the relationship. America needs this message. When she seems submissive and servant-like, it's only for the sake of gaining a strategic edge. This spirit, I want you to get this, can operate in both men and women. We, we, you got to get past the women being Jezebels. I, t- I taught that last week. It's not about a woman or a man. They, this spirit will manipulate anyone who thinks like it thinks. Men or women. Does, doesn't matter. And this spirit wants to control leadership. The leader of a home, the leader of a church, the leader of a group, small group, a leader of a ministry, a leader of a business, the, the, the person who, who um, runs your shift at work. Anybody in leadership, this spirit wants to manipulate, to undermine, to create dysfunction and chaos. And, and this spirit has been unleashed on, on all of us at one time or another. And I, I ended last week by telling you, all of us have been manipulated by this spirit. If you have ever operated in manipulation, this spirit has used you. This, this spirit has three tactics. Let's hit these real quick. Manipulation, domination, and intimidation. It wants to manipulate to trick you. Dominate. Sometimes this spirit will be right in your face and boldly tell you what you're going to do. Sometimes it's intimidation. This, this one threat intimidated. Jezebel sent one threat. Elijah was intimidated. What I find interesting about this is that the God of the universe, who is all-powerful, all-knowing, doesn't use Manipulation, domination, or intimidation, God operates by love. See, in a society, we have learned, in this society, we have learned how to dominate, intimidate, and manipulate to get our agenda done. We've learned how to, you will see these tactics in the workplace. I'm going to say that, I didn't say it at 8.30 only because I, I was preaching too fast. But I want you to get this. You will see these tactics used in the home. When the spouse holds money or sex over, over one another? Jezebel. You will see these tactics in the business world. Maybe the threat of a boss. You'll see this in, in church when people threaten to leave. I'll leave if you don't do what I want. We'll see you. We, well, I'll stop giving. Stop it. You know, every time people get mad at me and stop giving, the, the income goes up here. Every single time. I love it. I, th- I think it's hilarious. I know when that happens, I know God getting ready to bless my socks off. The desire for control and leverage is a form of rebellion and witchcraft. The sin of, of rebellion is as witchcraft. First Samuel 15, 23. What is witchcraft? God has an order. 
but that ain't good enough for me. I want my own order. So I'll create it. I'll undermine it. That's witchcraft. That's what witchcraft is. So Jezebel not only feeds off all of that. It's not on the screen, but get this. Jezebel also feeds on dysfunction. A lot of people being manipulated by that spirit, if you went and spent a week at their house, you'd be crazy as they were. It's dysfunctional. They fight. They scream at one another. Their money's out of order. They, they can't control anything. Every, this spirit feeds on dysfunction and wants to create it everywhere it goes. couple of things to overcome Jezebel. This is what you've been waiting on. First one, Jezebel must be confronted head on using strong spiritual authority to rid yourself and your church of her influence. This spirit cannot be dealt with passively. That's why this spirit got such a, a stronghold on an entire nation is because the one who was in authority, Ahab, was passive. He just allowed it to happen. We cannot be passive. The reason Jezebel accomplished so many things was because Ahab was a weak leader. Jez, I told you last, Jezebel hates men. Every man in her house was castrated and made a, a eunuch. Every one of them. She took every man's manhood away from them. Jezebel not only hates men, but really hates men in authority. Second thing, you got to live in submission to God. You got to teach those under your spiritual authority to live in, into uh, submission to God. See, Jezebel didn't even want to be the leader, she just wanted to control the leader. Like, I, I don't need to be the one in charge as long as I can control the one in charge. And, and this spirit, oh, this is going to be good. This spirit will go to ridiculous extremes to control a leader. As a pastor, I have seen people get mad at me over the years, and this has happened even when I first started. Get mad at me and then come to church, and while I'm preaching, they got their arms crossed and they got a bullfrog face. Man, I hate this spirit so much. I'm telling you, you try that on me, you better be careful. I'll be right down there in your face doing the preaching like this. It, I'm telling you, it causes something to rise in me. I'll knock you out, devil. I, I'm telling you right now. I, it'll make me come. I've watched them do that to try to shut the anointing down. I'm telling you, man and woman of God, when that happens, you, you don't back up. You don't get passive. That makes me want to preach harder, worship people. If that happens, you worship harder. You take it to another level. Don't allow some Jezebel spirit to shut your anointing down. You can't be passive with it. You got to hit it head on. Don't be weak. This spirit wants to push you into that corner. See, God wants to anoint you with a fresh anointing to deal with every place this spirit has manipulated you. Because what God did is he gave J-U. His name is J-U. J-E-H-U. God gave him a fresh anointing to go up and stand against Jezebel. Now, his name means the Lord is he. So J-U is bearing the name of God. He's declaring the name of God. How many know that the name of Jesus at that name? Come on, somebody. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. We bear the name of Jesus. And he wants to anoint us with a fresh anointing. When Jehu came to town, though, to confront Jezebel and the whole scheme, 
He's declaring the name of God. But when you look at Jehu, and, and, and man, I got so pumped when I saw this this week. I texted Karen and said, I've never seen this before. Check this out. Jehu was skilled with the bow. He was a warrior. Like, he had a skill. This is, he had taken down smaller kings. Like, he was anointed to do it, but when he showed up, even though he had this anointing to take people out with the bow, when he showed up, some of y'all are really going to get this, he didn't even have to shoot. You didn't get it. That went right over your head. He didn't even have to get his weapon out. The Bible says that he spoke to the one. He looked up into the window. Even though she had painted her eyes and tried to look like she was all, you know, sweet and pretty. She painted, the Bible says she painted her eyes to try to deceive again. But he looked at the people standing around Jezebel and he simply spoke and said, cast her out of there. And the people all around her threw her out of the window. And she dies at the word of Jehu. God has anointed you to speak to some stuff in your life. Your life will follow your words. You've been anointed with fresh oil. I dare you to start speaking to every part of your life that is out of alignment and watch God work. I wish somebody in this church would give God a praise. Come on, if you believe it. Don't sit down on me. We're done. We're done. Jezebel. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Please stand up. Don't make me preach it again. It takes too much energy. Watch this. They throw her down at the word. Some of y'all think, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do A, B, and C. And I'm gonna, no, you need to just speak. You need to start declaring some things. Jezebel fell out of the window and all that, re- all that was left, the Bible says the dogs licked her corpse. Man, there ain't going to be nothing left of the enemy when, when God gets done. I'm telling you that. The skull represents, all that was left, the Bible says the skull, her feet, and her palms. Significant. The skull, Jezebel's way of thinking. I mean, we're not going to think that way anymore. The feet the way in which she walked. We're not going to walk that way. And the palms, or the hands, which represent who she served. See, this spirit has no power at all. When you understand you've been anointed with a fresh anointing to speak to some things. And listen, we're going to get some victory today. When we sing this last song, we're just going to speak to stuff. I want you to worship, but I want you to speak to every part. If you're married and you've been fighting all day long and you recognize that Jezebel has attacked your home, you need to forgive your spouse and just speak life over it. I don't care if your kids have been attacked by this. You need to speak over everything going on in your life. You've got to speak. You've got to give God something to work with. Amen? You've you got to give your words. Listen, your life is going to flow in the direction of what you've been speaking. Why do you think when we go through those seasons, we start speaking death over so much stuff? Our life starts moving in that direction. you got to make a decision today that you're going to speak to this, you're going to speak the word, and, and, and just like Jay, you anointed as a king, I just want to, and I'll quit right here, and then we'll pray. Man, i got so much in the tank. You, sir... You man, sir, there is a king on the inside of you. Ladies, there is a queen on the inside of you. 
I know you've been sitting under your broom tree wanting to die with all your depressive thoughts, but God is saying, I want the king and the queen to rise up in you, and I want you to speak like J.U. spoke. Amen. Do you believe that today? You receive the word? I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. I want to see if there's anybody here at all or watching online that you're not in a relationship with Jesus. We want to give you that opportunity. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you need his forgiveness. You need his grace. If that is you, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are? Anyone at all. You say, that's me. I need Jesus today. Thank you for that hand back there. God bless you. Anyone else say, that's me. Thank you for this hand. Another one over here. God bless you. God bless you. I see that hand. Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else? Every voice lifted. Let's pray together with these hands that have gone up. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for sending your son to die in my place. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Today I repent of those sins. And I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise for those people today. That's what it's all about. We got to do one song. Prayer team, staff, come. If you need prayer, we want to pray for you. But during this last worship song, come on, don't beg God. Speak to some stuff today. Use these next four or five minutes to speak to some of the areas where you feel like this spirit has been manipulating you. Before we sing it, give God the best praise you have all day. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.